I'd like to invite your attention to a few verses of Scripture that will be found in the 16th chapter of the book of Acts. The Apostle Paul and Silas were about to begin their second missionary journey. At least it was Paul's second. Um, Silas had not been with him previously to this. But uh, the scripture in the 16th chapter reads like this. Then came he to Derby and Lystra, and behold, a certain disciple was there, named Timotheus, the son of a certain woman, which was a Jew, a Jewish, and believed, but his father was a Greek, which was well reported of by the brethren that were at Lystra and Iconium. Him would Paul have to go with him, and took and circumcised him because of the Jews which were in those quarters, for they knew all that his father was a Greek. And as they went through the cities, they delivered uh, them the decrees for to keep that were ordained of the apostles and elders which were at Jerusalem. And so were the churches established in the faith and increased in number daily. Now that's my scripture lesson for today. And I want to read uh, the first article of the New Hampshire Confession of Faith. And then I will try to speak to you for a few minutes. If I can find uh, the article. This article is about the scriptures. And it says, We believe that the Holy Bible was written by divinely, uh, by men divinely inspired, and is a perfect treasure of heavenly instruction, that it has God for its author salvation for its end, and truth without any mixture of error for its matter. And it reveals the principles by which God will judge us, and therefore is, and shall remain to the end of the world, the true center of Christian union and the supreme standard by which all human conduct Creeds and opinions shall be tried. And that's a statement uh, of what we believe concerning the Bible, the Holy Scriptures, uh, divinely inspired. Uh, and uh, we are so thankful today that we have the Bible that we can have it in our homes, in our cars, at our place of employment, in our pocket, carry it with us wherever we go. And the Word of God is very important. My subject today will be the power of the Word. 
the power of the word. And perhaps a better word or maybe an explanation of the word, a power, would be influence. The influence that the word of God has on our lives is very important. Do you, you just can't imagine the ignorance that we would be in if it were not for the Word of God. But I'm glad that God in His wisdom saw fit to inspire men uh, to write the Bible. I want to go over just a minute. I read a few moments ago about Paul going uh, to... Uh, Derby, and there he encountered Timothy. We know him as Timothy. His name was Timotheus, but we know him as Timothy. And Timothy was a young man that had uh, a, a good report. Uh, he uh, people thought a lot of him. They had confidence in him. And Paul was very impressed with Timothy, and he decided that he would like for Timothy to go on this mission trip with him. They were going to visit churches that had been established on his previous missionary journey. And he was planning on confirming, you know, uh, the Word of God uh, in all of those places where he had been before. Let me read that verse again. Uh, They went through the cities... And they delivered the decrees for uh, to keep that were ordained of the apostles and elders which were at Jerusalem. In the second chapter of the book of Hebrews, we find these words. How shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation, which at first began to be spoken by the Lord, and was confirmed unto us by them that heard him. Uh, You know, the apostles, Jesus called them. He ordained them to be with him and to preach the word of God. And the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 2, that the church is built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone in whom all the building fitly framed together groweth into a a habitation for the Lord. Now, uh, the apostles uh, played a very important role in establishing churches. Uh, And uh, so uh, the Lord Jesus spoke to them, and then they confirmed it to those that heard them, what Jesus had spoken. They did not have the Bible then, as we have it. Uh, but uh, God uh, used them to confirm His Word. And so the Bible says then, uh, so the churches were established. They went from church to church, uh, uh, delivering the decrees that Jesus had given to the apostles and that the apostles had uh, were giving to them. And they so the churches were established in the faith. 
It's very important, you know, that we uh, have a um, have the doctrines of the church, that we preach the doctrines of the church, uh, because the doctrines of the church is what makes a church what it is. It makes it either strong, and if the doctrines are not preached, it becomes weak. Uh, and so I wanted to bring this out today, and I want to turn over to Second uh, Timothy, and I want to read just a few more verses of Scripture uh, here. The apostle reminded Timothy. Now, he's writing to him a letter. They're not together any longer. Paul's in prison. And Timothy is out preaching of the gospel. In fact, Timothy probably was the pastor of the church at Ephesus at this time. And Paul wrote him a letter. And he reminded him. He said, Timothy, uh, he said, know this also. Now, he had written some other things to him, but he wanted him to know this too. Uh, he said, uh, in the last days, perilous times shall come. And he said, men will be lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. They'll be proud, blasphemers. Uh, they'll be boasters. They'll be disobedient to parents. They'll be unthankful and unholy. Without natural affection, truce breakers, incontinent, despisers of those that are good. Does that sound familiar to any of you? I believe we're living in the last days. We've been in the last days ever since Pentecost. But I believe we're living in the evening of time. It's not in the early Days of the last days. We're living in the last days of the last days. Uh, and these things that Paul warned Timothy about, you and I are being confronted with today. Those of us who would do good, uh, people despise us. They hate us. They don't want anything to do with us. They don't want to listen to what we have to say. Uh, because they're unbelievers and they're lovers of themselves instead of being lovers of God. And they have a, some of them have a form of godliness, but deny the power thereof. Now, Paul reminded Timothy of that. And then we go over to the 14th verse, and Paul references Timothy personally. But thou, but Timothy, I want you to listen to me. Uh, he said, continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of. Oh, you know, we need to know what we're standing on, don't we? We need to know the truth. The Bible said that the truth will set us free. Now, the Bible, you know, uh, we benefit from it in a lot of ways. David said uh, that the Word is a light unto my path, and a lamp, uh, a light unto my feet, and a lamp unto my pathway. It says, how shall a young man, you know, cleanse his ways? 
How can a young person be, you know, a good uh, moral person and have a good reputation by taking heed to the word of the Lord? The Bible is so very important. And we ought to read the Bible and study the Bible. Now, I'm not saying that you're not. But that's something that we need to do. Uh, It will strengthen each one of us personally, but it will strengthen our church also. It will make us stronger in the Lord. Because you know something? The Word of God is the sword of the Spirit. And so we need to be established in the Word of God. And we need to be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Now He told him also, from a child you have known the Holy Scriptures that are able to make you wise unto salvation. You know, I said the Scripture can help us in a lot of ways. But I'll tell you this, the Scripture will make us wise concerning the plan of salvation. The gospel is the power of God under salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. I'm glad I'm not ashamed of the gospel today. I'm glad that it doesn't bother me to tell people I'm a Christian. It doesn't bother me to tell people I'm a Baptist. In fact, I'm proud to be a member of an old-fashioned missionary Baptist church. I want to be a support to it. I want to be a help to it. I want to encourage the other members of the church. And I want to see people get saved by God's grace and born into God's family. As I was studying, preparing for today, this thought came to my mind. I hope when we celebrate our 100th anniversary that this church will be just as sound and just as strong in the faith as it was the day it was organized. You know, our anniversary is coming up soon. Looking forward to that, if it's the Lord's will. And I'm permitted to be a part, I mean to be present uh, in, at, on that occasion. So he said, you've known the scripture from the time you was a child. These scriptures is what made you wise under salvation. The scriptures inform you. It informs you uh, of the plan of salvation, the plan that God made. God made the plan. God so loved the world. God gave His only begotten Son. His only begotten Son laid aside all of His glory. Philippians chapter 2 says, 
Let this mind be in you which also was in Christ Jesus. And it goes on and it tells us how he laid aside his glory. Took upon himself the form of a servant. Was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the cross uh, unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore God highly exalted him, gave him a name that's above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus is the Christ. To the glory of God. To the glory of God. We sing sometimes, praise him, praise him. We need to praise the Lord. We need to give him thanks for all of his wonderful benefits toward us. So the scripture enlightens us. It tells us about God's plan to save us. Tells us what we have to do. What the conditions are. How how can we be saved? You find it in the Bible. That's where the preacher gets his sermons, if he's a Bible preacher. I'm telling you today, uh, I'm a Bible preacher. I'm a, I, don't, uh, I don't enjoy philosophical sermons where the congregation gets, uh, you know, analyzed and then uh, their problems are dealt with. I believe in preaching the Bible. Thus saith the Lord. I'm making preparations to teach at the Winter Bible School on the book of Amos. And I probably are stealing some of my own thunder right now. But did you know that in the book of Amos there are only nine chapters? And do you know that the Amos, uh, the messages that he delivered, you know what they were? Thus saith the Lord. Thus saith the Lord. He used that one phrase 41 times in nine chapters. He stood before Israel. He stood before Judah. He stood before the nations of the world that were around them, and he'd look at them in the face, and he'd say, Thus saith the Lord. And this Bible is the word of the Lord. Holy men of God spake as they were moved upon by the Holy Spirit. The Bible is not the opinions of some man. It's the Word of God. In fact, the Bible is the mind of God. It's the mind of God. And He shared it with us. We're taught, study to show thyself approved unto God. A workman that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the Word of truth. You mean you can wrongly divide it? 
You absolutely can. It has to be read and studied and every part put in its proper place. It's kind of like a jigsaw puzzle. You can try to force them other, them pieces, you know, in a place where they don't belong. But it don't make, they don't fit. And when you try to force the Word of God into a place that it don't belong, it don't fit. If we get it right, it harmonizes. It does not contradict itself. It's in total agreement, every verse with the rest of the Word of God. Now, I'm going to take too long if I don't stop chasing rabbits. Paul says to Timothy, you have fully known my doctrine. You know what I believe. You travel with me. You heard me preach. You saw how I was treated. The persecution I went through. But he said, I kept on preaching. Just kept on preaching. And he said to him, now you hold on to that form of sound words that you have heard of me. You hold on to it. Don't you abandon the Word of God for anything. You stand up for it. Paul told Timothy, you preach the Word. You be instant in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long-suffering and doctrine. For the time will come when they'll not endure sound doctrine. But they'll heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. And they'll turn away from the truth and be turned unto fables. Things that are not true. Things that are not true. We need to be careful as the people of God. As a church of the living God, as preachers of the gospel, that we hold fast that form of doctrine that was delivered. And we need to preach the word. Why the word? It's quick and powerful, it's sharper than any two edged sword, pierces even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of joining and marrow, and is a discerner of the faults and the intents of the heart. I'll tell you, when we disobey God, God's Word can get in there, condemn us, condemn us, let us know, you know, that we're not pleasing God. I'm glad for that. Lost people, when they hear the Word of God, I suppose the first thing they want to do uh, is uh, reject it, you know. Don't want to hear that. Oh, but listen. I thank God that I was sitting in Beaver Creek Missionary Baptist Church one day and the old preacher was up there preaching the Word of God. And it got a hold of me. It was live and powerful. It was sharp. Uh, it divided 
separated me from the rest of the people that was in that congregation that day. Let me know I was a sinner. I was on my way to hell. And I'll tell you, I'm glad that that happened. Thank God for men that preach the Word of God. And just keep on preaching it. Now, I heard someone one time criticize a preacher friend of mine. He's with the Lord now. And I don't doubt a bit in the world, but when he went sweeping through the pearly gates, that the Lord said, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. But he was a, a doctrinal preacher. He preached the doctrine, the fundamentals, what's necessary, what the Bible says. I heard somebody preach, criticize him and said, I don't like him. He preaches that old doctrine all the time. Let me tell you something. If you have the privilege of sitting under a preacher that preaches the doctrine, you pray for him. And you thank God for him. And you ask God to keep on blessing him. And give him strength to stand up and preach the truth. Because that's what the world needs to hear. That's what the world needs to hear. Now, I'm going to close in just a few minutes. But I want you to t- I want to tell you this. The church is the pillar and the ground of the truth. If we don't hold it up, who's going to? If we don't support it, listen. You know, every Sunday morning we ought to be as interested in getting up and going to church as we are on Monday morning getting up and going to work. That's right. Do you know why? This church is worth more to this city than we have any way of calculating. This church needs to get stronger. This church needs to have greater influence. This church needs to send forth the Word of God. And I'm asking you, I'm just a feeble member. That's all I am now. Just, And I said feeble, and I'm feeble. You don't believe me, you ask Mabel. I'm feeble. I have to really make an effort to keep it going. But that's all right. I want to keep it going. I want to be part of what this church is doing. I want to be a part of letting the light shine in darkness that people may see the light and come to Jesus and to get saved. I'm telling you that the uh, Word of God is so powerful that it is indispensable. You can't do the work of the Lord without. It is in 
indispensable. I'm going to tell you this. There's two things that will bring the power of God into the church. One of them is preaching the truth. And the other one is prayer. You know, the Bible says that the earnest, the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. What a blessing to have access to the throne of God. There's a way to come to Him. The only way is through Jesus. Ask whatever you will in my name. You can't say, Lord, I want you to do this for me because I'm worthy. You're not worthy. We don't deserve anything. Every blessing that we have is through the Lord Jesus Christ. And we have access to God through Jesus. And we can pray and talk to Him. I want to tell you this and then I'm going to close. You know, on the day of Pentecost, God fulfilled a promise. He had told them it had even been prophesied as far back as Joel, maybe even further than that. But the day is going to come uh, when uh, people would be filled with the Spirit. It was, uh, Jesus called it the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And uh, uh, Jesus promised the little church before he ascended. He had already been raised from the dead and showed himself alive and all of that. And Jesus said, I want you all to tarry in Jerusalem until you're endued with power from on high. And so they went back to the upper room and they continued steadfastly in prayer And while they were praying, suddenly there fell from heaven, or there came from heaven the sound of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the room where they were sitting. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And they were baptized in the Holy Ghost. Say, how do you know? Because they were in the room, and the room was filled, filled with it. And they was immersed in the Holy Ghost. And they rejoiced and they spoke in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now here's the point I wanted to make. Now they were enjoying that Holy Spirit. But you know, all in the meantime, this crowd is gathering out there. There were people there from every nation, the known nations of the world at that time. I believe there's 13 different nations that were there. Spoke different languages. And when Peter and the others began to preach, they heard the word of God in their native language. Now listen. The church was having a big time. You know, but there wasn't nobody being saved yet. 
they began to preach the word of God. It's in the book of Acts, chapter 2. I'll let you read it. And they stood up and they began to preach. And people began to inquire, what must we do to be saved? You know what they was preaching? They was preaching about Jesus, about his death, his resurrection, you know, about how that he uh, rose from the dead and how that the promise is unto you and to your children, to them that are near, to them that are far off, even to as many as the Lord our God shall call. You know, salvation is available to everybody. And they begin to get saved. You know, they, the Word of God was preached. The Word of God, I tell you, I believe, I believe the Word of God is the power of God unto salvation. And I believe that that uh, the preaching of the Word of God, I believe it'll strengthen the church. And I believe that the people that sit under the sound of it will be made aware of the fact that they're lost. They may not get saved. The promise is to them that believe on the name of the Lord Jesus. There's been a lot of people heard the gospel and rejected it and died and went to hell. But the ones that repented of their sins and believed in Jesus, they got saved. And that's what it still takes to get saved. God bless you. I ain't going to worry your patience. I could could preach a few more minutes, maybe. But I've preached long enough. It's been a joy. I hope the Lord will bless our church. I hope it'll grow. I hope it'll become powerful. I mean powerful. I hope that lost people will get under conviction and get saved. I want to thank you for coming today. I hope you got something out of what I said. That's my sincere prayer. Anyone have a word before we close today? Word on anybody's heart. All right. If there's no word from anyone standing together, we look to the Lord.
bless you, Brother Sherman. Any other words? All right, standing together, we look to the Lord and be dismissed. Don't forget our singing tonight at 6 o'clock. And uh, those of you who are visiting, I hope you'll come back. Um, Hope you weren't too disappointed today that Brother Cole wasn't here. But uh, 